teach us your ways that we may grow in you that we'll be rooted in you Holy Spirit you are welcoming to this atmosphere have your way in us have your way in us still every storm silence every accusing voice let your word have free course in our hearts in our spirit may we just not be motivated or inspired oh lord but may faith arise may faith increase as your word comes in jesus name amen hallelujah amen amen and amen tell somebody forgive last week we learned that you could also stammer when it's difficult We are almost there. Forget. Just left a little bit. We'll be there. Hallelujah. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So as we keep hearing, learning, studying on forgiveness, it shall become a part of us. Amen. Hallelujah. All of us have already received forgiveness. None of us were ever disqualified from forgiveness. Freely have we received, freely must we give. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Elder one, I feel like you should tell him that you should come and sit on my seat. Okay. Tell, tell him, tell, tell him, tell my son that I say that. <laughs> he can come and sit on my seat. Amen. Oh, we should forgive. For, 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 forgive. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited. Hey, the bride to be is here. She wants me to change my message, but we'll still preach on forgiveness. <laughs> It's very, very relevant, isn't it? It's one of the things that she has to put into her handbag. And you've already started playing the role. Okay. Okay. So her bridesmaid is already in rehearsal mode. So as soon as Minister Sarah moved, then she moved. Then once Mr. Sarah moved again, then she moved again. Good, good, good. Good rehearsal. Good rehearsal. Yes, yes. She's also practicing for her own. Do you understand? Do unto others as you would like others to do unto you. It's very powerful. But Sarah, you've made all of us really excited. Do you know that? Yes, all of us. Aren't we excited? Yes. Yeah, we are excited. We are excited for the day, but we are more excited for after the day. Do you get what I'm saying? And I told you this morning, don't get overwhelmed with the day. Ignore the day. Do you get it? Let us. Actually, the wedding day is not for you. It's for us. Because we are coming to run commentary. We are coming to give our opinion on everything. And then after we'll eat. And after we won't care. <laughs> and then we'll go away. And if you don't take it, we'll even say some things that you won't even like. That the food wasn't enough. I didn't get drink. They didn't serve me early. I mean, all kinds of things. So ignore all of us. Do, do you get it? All of us. And then go and have an enjoyment after the wedding, and for the decades thereafter. Amen. So forgiveness, you need to put it in your handbag, your wallet, your purse. <laughs> so that, you know, because anytime, post-marriage, anytime you come for counseling, we are going to tell you, for, 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 forgive. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Do you have any questions? Or you don't know about the questions? Yeah, you have. Hey. Okay, let's finish preaching first. Hold, hold. No, don't roll it. Hey. Let's learn something. Hey, Hebrews chapter 5. I'll read one or two scriptures. The way they've made me even panic. <laughs> I was expecting one or two questions. <laughs> Hallelujah. But how many of you know that it is relevant that whatever we are learning on, we are understanding in totality? Yeah. Because sometimes we have a wrong mindset, and until you ask a question, you won't know. Do you understand? 
Or maybe you have the right mindset, but you are not confident whether it's the right mindset. Do, do you get it? Yes. Sometimes you come and ask that, oh, I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, it's a good thing. Sometimes you come and it's like, no, it's not a good thing. Do you, do you get it? Yeah, I want to slap my wife. <laughs> I mean, we can come and visit you in jail. So you go ahead. <laughs> because if you slap your wife, I will call police on you. And then after our kind visit you in jail. Well, you are there. hopefully you will learn a lesson or two behind bars. Or what do you think? One or two. And when you get there too, and unfortunately you are in the wrong place, <laughs> they will teach you lessons you will never forget. Do you know that depending on the reason why you go to jail, you can be punished even more by the, the people in prison. They find your own worse than their own. <laughs> and sometimes it's not that yours is worse, but when they realize that who you are, do you understand? So you say you are a reverend minister. And you slap, come, come, come and get a few. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. There's joy, there's joy. May there be joy in your heart. Amen. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll read a few verses there because this lesson on forgiveness has no end. But my prayer is that all of us, we are work in progress. Do you know that? Yes. But my prayer is that we will continue to develop a forgiving heart, amen, and have the right mindset and the right attitude towards offenses and hurts, amen, and we'll overcome to ensure that wherever we are, there's peace, even in the midst of the storm, amen. And um, last week, we realized that God is not going to put the new man coat on us. We are going to put it on ourselves. But one of the things I realized before I continue on that is the fact that one of the fundamentals needed is that as a Christian and as, some, as somebody who has recognized that you are actually a spirit with a soul in a body, you have to mature spiritually. The absence of spiritual maturity will make it more and more difficult to have a forgiving heart and to walk in forgiveness. I don't know if I'm making sense. That's why Hebrews chapter 5, I read the last few verses and then we'll go take it. It says that there is, from verse 11, I'll read the NLT. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually down and don't seem to listen. Have you given people advice over and over and you can hear that it ain't going far? See, when you are being advised and you're, you're always, your counter, this is but, but, you have already been written about in scripture. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others, instead, you still need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. My short life on this planet, I realized that sometimes the more people have been around the things of God or have been Christians for a long time, the more hardened they are in their ways, in their thoughts, in their opinions, in their mindset. It is what it is. Actually, sometimes babes are easier. Babes in Christ because they are so open and so receptive to counsel. Last week, remember, we kept talking about advice, good counsel. Do you get it? The power of it. And he's saying that you are like babes who need milk and cannot eat solid food. So it's not that you are babes, but you are like babes which means that you have been around spiritual things, but in the spirit realm, you are still a baby. That is why the forgiveness is not filtering through. And you are still, since we started talking about forgiveness, there are some people who have decided that the thing is true, but there are one or two people that we cannot pass. We have to keep them in prison. Because Reverend Gloria doesn't know that some people, what they have done, Forgiveness, we are not at that point yet for forgiveness. For someone who lives on milk, 
is still an infant. You know that anybody who lives on milk, it means that they are living on soft things. Do you understand? They are living on watery things. They are living on liquids. Do you understand? Even a child at a certain age, the liquid must cease. When a child is about four years and they are drinking breast milk, everybody gets overwhelmed. Do, do you get it? Yeah. yeah I, I know a few children who drank breast milk till they were like seven. You see how you are saying, you have been a Christian how long? You are just like a seven-year-old baby who's still drinking breast milk. Not milk, because if you say milk, you'll say well, I was having cereal. <laughs> and doesn't know how to do what is right. So if you don't know how to do what is right, I don't know care how long you have been a Christian. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how powerful revelations you get. You are still an infant. You are still a baby. When you see somebody who is in the house of God and is so quarrelsome and has been offended by everybody and is also offending everybody, they are babies. They are babies. They are babies. You have to get to the place where your sense of consciousness of letting go is close to you and not too far. Do you understand? Husbands and wife, you have to have it under your pillow, in your handbag, in the kitchen. Yes. Today, I had to throw a few to every. I, th- I was just throwing them at him. <laughs> yeah. And he cost me 33 pounds. So, okay, that's... Okay, let's... They, they, they gave a discount, so let's... He cost me 22 pounds. It's okay, it's okay. You don't need to explain. I, you've already been forgiven. Yes, you forgive. Yeah, we forgive. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So that I will not be an infant. You see, when you are with your housemate or whatever, <laughs> listen, you see, you people, I'm trying to help us so that we take it home. We have to stop getting messages that we leave in the pew and go home. You are supposed to take it with you home. So I'm trying to bring it to your home. I brought it to my home. Now you to take it to your home. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah. <laughs> I have to try another forgiveness because he doesn't even realize that it was his fault. <laughs> yeah. Listen, when you, are, when, when, when you can do what is right according to the word of God, not according to how you feel, then you are maturing. Then you are maturing. Yeah. I want somebody to think through their head, just even just today, whether they did things right. Solid food is for those who are mature. How many of you know forgiveness is solid food? Oh, baby food is I receive it. I take it. I have a breakthrough. Do you understand? Ah, double portion. That is milk. When you are able to forgive and let go, that is solid food. That's like chewing bones. How many of you like bones? Hey, nobody chews bones. Wow, I have to teach you. Ah, ah, thank you. Thank you. I, I was almost feeling alone. Yes, yes, yes. Until I got to a certain age, I won't eat food. I won't eat meat unless it's on the bone. Because the value is not in the meat. It's in the bone. If you want to know how tasty food is, you have to check the bone. The bone will let you know whether the meat was actually okay. It's okay, it's okay. I said solid food is for those who are mature. Who recently, in fact, when my sister was just around, she said she had noticed that I don't attack bones again. I said, um, pastoral calling. <laughs> mm. Yeah. We used to have a rock that could break bones. <laughs> Can anybody relate with me? Yeah. You, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. I didn't know Botswana too. You had the bone-breaking rocks, but yeah. Yes. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Which means that to develop the ability to take in strong 
meat, strong, solid food, you have to train. So that sense of it will just come or hands will be laid on you and then you receive a forgiving heart, it's not true. Do you get what I'm saying? In the, in the heat of the moment or under the special anointing of grace in the presence, you can have a feeling that you have let go. You can have a feeling that you have forgiven. You can even weep that you are free. But that is not true. Unless you go and continue to practice it. Am I making any sense at all? (laughs) Tell somebody mercy. One of the things, you know, as I was thinking of the fact that we had to put the new man on, which included forgiveness, I realized that both Ephesians 4 and in Colossians 3, they let us know that first of all, you have to take off the old man. And sometimes we don't take that one off and then we go and put on top of it the new man. And that's why both appear. The same person that we can see that seems so kind, so temperate in their nature, so humble. And then that same person can be so malicious, so bitter, so jealous, so envious. Because the old man is still on. And over the old man, we put another coat on. You have become bulky. So my prayer for us is that maybe we need to realize that no, before we can put this new coat on properly, we have to go and take off the old clothes and burn it. Because sometimes we temporarily take that jacket off for a while, then seasonally and periodically, we'll put it back on. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 quickly and then we'll go. It's already 8-12. You know that scripture, but I want you to See that it is not going to happen by osmosis. You and I are going to have to put that thing on. We read that scripture and I want us to read it again. It says that Ephesians 4, 20 to 24, it says that, But you who have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have, New King James, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. So it is telling us exactly what we are putting off. The quote is a behavior that we had, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So for the new, the process of putting that new jacket on, it's not a spooky spiritual thing. It's a transformation of mind. The new jacket is not a prophetic gift. It's not an apostolic gift. It's not an interpretation of tongues. It's not a healing gift. It's not a, it's the renewal of your mind. It means that if your mind is being renewed, then it means that you are putting on the right which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 30, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he, was identif- he has identified you as his own guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. That's why when you receive salvation, you have to remember that you have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Coming to the altar to give your life to Christ or kneeling by your bedside to receive salvation is not the end and be of it all. Amen. Because ultimately you want to stand until that day. Amen. That is why this particular topic and Things related to that are so important because they affect you into eternity. Get rid of all bitterness. So now we are putting off the old man. Rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil. I like that bit because otherwise you will say, oh, bitterness is not me. Rage. And then me, anger, 
Oh, by the grace of God. Harsh words. I'm soft-spoken. Slander. No, no, I don't even talk about people. So it knew that you would say that these five words, you are not, as well as all types of evil behavior. Nobody is excluded. When whatever your bad behavior is, is inside. It also knew that we're coming to a generation of internet, web. It, so it knew that all future bad behaviors that will arise. <laughs> Somebody say amen. Somebody say for, 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 forgive. There's nothing in scripture that's by there accidentally. It's all inclusive. Hmm. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Amen. And that's why when you read Colossians 3, it reminds us that we should make allowance for each other's faults, isn't it? Yeah. We should make allowance for each other's fault and forgive one another. And today I want to add a few more and to tell you that don't partially forgive. Letting go, forgiving must be complete. No partial forgiveness. No partial forgiveness. You don't forgive your husband, your sibling, your parents half and half. Psalm 86 verse 5, the Amplified says that, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive. Our trespasses, sending them away, letting them go completely and forever. And you are abundant in mercy and loving kindness to all those who call upon you. Amen. The forgiveness and the example we have is that the letting go must be complete and must be forever. Do you understand? Because the reason why you know that you have forgiven completely and forever is that you don't go back and bring the 1986 problem, the 1993 problem, you know, the ninth, even the 2023, 22nd August problem. Because today is what? 23rd. The way, especially for the ladies, the way our memory can store unforgiveness in details, details, details. If you joke, we'll add time. Yes. Yes, it was that morning, 6.45. It was 6.47. Yes, and if they remember that, you know, they gave a wrong day, they'll come back and correct <laughs> You will know that unforgiveness is still lingering if the scriptures we just read in Ephesians 4 and and Colossians 3 are still lingering. Bitterness is still lingering. Anger is still lingering. Then you will know that you haven't forgiven completely. Hmm. When we read, which I'm sure Saturday, uh, Sarah will Ask us to read it. You know, 1 Corinthians 13. Hey, I'm sure she will tell us to read it. But I want to, I'm, go, I'm, I'm coming to, <laughs> I'm coming to look at the questions in a few seconds. But I was reading it and then I went to get things in context, went into the chapter before and I thought I'll read a few verses before and then a few verses after. So that we realize that what brought us to that place where it says that love should not be boastful, should not. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12. Hmm. Tell somebody, forgive, forgive. We read from the NLT. Verse 25, 1 Corinthians 12. It says that this makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. So the members that form up the body of Christ says that if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. 
You know, Reverend has been hammering this for years, and this thing we keep saying is that unforgiveness, so many people suffer in that process. It's not the person who has even wronged, who sometimes they are even the ones who don't suffer. They don't, they don't, sometimes they don't even know that you are holding a grudge against them. Yes, because you are so bitter that you thought the person will marry you, and the person didn't marry you. And the person never asked you for your hand in marriage in the first place. And the person never even said to you that they love you. And the person does not even realize that you had interpreted their niceness as love. And the person has moved on to go and get married. And then you have this bitterness that is lingering and this unforgiveness in your heart. That person is not suffering. You are suffering together with any new person who will come into your life. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer. You see, when you look at scripture in a certain way and are able to process it correctly, it is easy to appreciate the fact that I, can't hand, I shouldn't be handling certain things. Because if you see unforgiveness as suffering, why would you want to punish yourself? Because the reason why we hold on to unforgiveness is because we think we are punishing somebody else. But you are punishing yourself. The suffering you are inside. And sometimes you get the greatest brunt of it. Because you are the initiator of the mission. And says that if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. It works both ways. When you have a forgiving heart, the joy comes to everybody. The person who has been forgiven is joyful. You that you have forgiven, you are free. There's a weight lifted off you. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed to the church. Apostles, prophets, teachers, amazing gifts of leadership. Are we all apostles? Verse 29. Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown? Do we all have the ability to interpret? Of course not. So, you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. King James says that you should convert. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. So that's how we came to 1 Corinthians 13, Sarah. Paul decided that for us to enjoy the oneness and the membership we have in Christ, the best way of life, the best way of life is this. If I could speak, so First uh, Corinthians 31, if I could speak all the languages of earth and angels and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Remember that where there's unforgiveness, the mountain will move. Remember that? Yeah, there will be no power to work. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. And that is where it comes to tell us Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, boastful, or proud. It's not rude. It does not demand. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstances. The verse 5, again, it is not irritable and it keeps no record of wrong. The amplified for the verse 5 says, it is not touchy or resentful. It takes no account of evil. It means that somebody who works in unforgiveness has a bank account that is overflowing in millions. Why? Because it takes record of everything that is done wrong. It pays no attention to a suffered 
wrong. The message says that it doesn't fly off the handle. And it doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Tell somebody, forgive. Tell somebody, forgive. Tell somebody, don't keep the wrong of my sins and of my mistakes. And now tell yourself, I will forgive. I will not be resentful. I will not be irritated. I will not pay any attention, even when I have been hurt. And I will let go. And I will let go completely and forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Please, can we have the questions? I pray that we will treat especially forgiveness as central to our way of life. The scripture said that, the last verse in 1 Corinthians 12 said that this is the best way of life. I will show you the best way of life. Bila, what's that song? I'm forgiven. I'm alive and well. Find your uh, microphone. Oh, I can't see you. Hey, please, somebody read a question because, okay, Bila sing that song first. But somebody take the microphone. But Sam, if I can see, don't try. I think you should try and put it somewhere where it can be. Oh, get a microphone. Um, somebody, Abby, Abby, get a microphone and then read the question, please. Okay. Is what? I think they should send it to me or something. Can they send it to me? Can they send it to me? Question. possible to forgive someone and not go back to that relationship, especially when it is a repeated action. Don't go back to the relationship. Forgiveness is not foolishness. I think we made that underlining. Yeah, so what first of all, we'll look at this in two parts. Is it possible to forgive someone and not go back to that relationship? Yes. Is the action being repeated according to this one? Yes. So there are two things. First of all, what kind of action is it? If it's an action where your life is at stake, you don't do that. If it's an action that if the person received help or if it was stopped, that relationship can be restored, then the person has to go and get the counseling that is needed to ensure that that action is stopped. But, but absolutely, you see, that is where forgiveness can push into abuse. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So when an action is being repeated and it is harming you, you don't go back into that relationship at all. Do you understand? Because sometimes because of your participation in that repeated action, you will need to walk away even to help that person. Because sometimes you are an enabler in your attempt to, oh, oh, whatever. Do you understand? So the person will have to need that separation so that they can get the help they need and recover. Somebody else will go into a relationship with that person and never experience that. Do you understand? Yes. But for you, you have to let go. One of the best ways of letting go is taking ownership of the situation. Do you understand? That I have allowed this person into my life. 
And since I allow the person to my life, I can also let them go. Yes, but when you feel that you don't have control of it, then you are putting yourself in a place where you can easily be abused. Am I making sense? Where's the next one? In, in forgiving, you let it all go and continue to start afresh. Sorry? It's part of the same question. Or in forgiving, you let it go and continue, start afresh with the person. No, if it is repeated, how do you start afresh? You have started afresh maybe six times already. <laughs> do, do you understand? Yeah, so you have to let it go. And then if the person gets help, maybe the relationship can be restored again at some point. Especially if it's one that can affect you negatively. Do you understand what I'm saying? The person slapped you one. Slapped you two. Slapped you three. So, no. Yeah, when the person is ready to get that help, and you cannot push force the person the help on the person, you have to let the person go through that. And at some point, if the relationship will work again, yes. But sometimes, don't force it. What do you... What do you do when someone in authority in church is continually disrespectful to you? Can't even talk to anyone because the person is very important. Okay. What do you do when someone in authority in church is continually disrespectful to you? Can't even talk to anyone because the person is very important. Nobody is very important. I mean, I don't know what church you go to because I don't know. This is from online, isn't it? I don't know what church you go to. If you're in this church, we don't have important people at all. Do you understand? We have servants of God. Do you understand? Yeah. And as servants, we can be spoken to. But let me give you a caution there. What do you mean by disrespect? Is it the tone of their voice? It's because you say that the person is, is continually disrespectful. So is it by the way they talk? Is it their tone? Or is it their action? Do you understand? Because disrespect is subjective. Maybe you're expecting that they should be saying, sir or madam. And maybe they are calling you Joyce or Josephina. And you see, maybe you're older than the pastor. Do you get it? So when you say continually disrespectful, you have to define what you mean by continually disrespectful. And nobody... And everybody, nobody is important, and everybody in the church is important. Do you understand? Yes. So before, for you to walk in forgiveness, first of all, whoever it is, you have to be able to go to the person and say, I don't like the way you talk to me, or I didn't, I think asking me to do A, B, and C is disrespectful. And if they've asked you to do A, B, C, and you find that disrespectful, it's pride. May that pride be broken. If they are talking to you in a tone and you think it's, rude, you should say it. Do you understand? And then define rude. And also check yourself and say, what is it, you know, that is making me see that action as disrespectful? Is it what I'm being asked to do? Is it how I'm being asked to do it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And go and speak to that person. Yes. Yes. So, also, find out who you discussed it with, who defined it as disrespectful. Do you know that sometimes something happens and then who you share it with can enhance it for you? No, they didn't talk to you like that. And you allow them to say that to you. That is, you know, then they have blessed you. They have anointed you with oil. And your cup will soon run over. Okay, where are we? Yeah. Is it possible to still feel hurt after forgiving? When you start forgiving, the hurt will still be there. When forgiveness is complete, the hurt will go. One of the things you have to transition from is move from hurt and gradually get to the place of pity. When you have pity on the person, do you understand? That will help you to be completely free of unforgiveness. But so long as the hurt is there, then your forgiveness is not complete, but you have identified the need to forgive. Because so long as you are hurting, do you understand? Yesterday, I had an amazing conversation and a very joyful one. And I realized that in that particular area and with that particular person, there was total forgiveness. In fact, there was not even forgiveness. There was love. And, there was love and joy. And 
Reverend was really jealous. I think he felt like he wanted to be inside the conversation and inside the relationship. And he, I could see that he couldn't believe that there was such... <laughs> listen, listen. I couldn't, he couldn't believe that there, there, there wasn't only a resolution, but there were... And you know, maybe you had a relationship of a form, and then whatever happens, and then the relationship is ruined, and then there's heads and there. Do you understand? And then you begin to try and get rid of the head. And then you get to the place where it's not only that happy for big name, but the love has gone stronger. Do, do, do you understand? And the love had gone, at a point, I could see that he was talking about that. It's like, hey, when will you people finish your conversation? Go well done. That makes you that, that, makes you, that you, you are the kind of person that one should have around. Uh, do, do, do you understand? Yes. Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Peace, peacemaker, I tell you. And, and the peace was proper. And the love was proper. The person who said that they are waiting to see me so they can hug me and squeeze me. Oh, you don't get what I'm saying. So, so long as there's hurt there, forgiveness is not complete. Do, do you understand? And what you need to do is work on yourself. Why am I hurting over this issue? What is it that's still making me bleed? Why am I bleeding? Do you understand? And talk about it with the right person at the right place. There are some people when you talk, they will ne- help you never to be healed. Yes, they will help you. You will never be. But you will like them because what they are saying is nice. <laughs> you don't know when you are upset with somebody, you can find somebody who will also become upset with the person you are upset with. You love the person. The, the person is a, you, you regard the person as a close and a dear friend. Hey, I know, I know, I know. That's why me, I'm guarding my heart. That's why, you see, you, you went to open your you see how they've hurt you. Me, I've guarded my heart. Hey, their hurt is not a joke. Hmm. Then you'll be like, thank you, thank you. But you are tearing inside. <laughs> Next question. How do I forgive my spouse for a major betrayal mistake that has deeply hurt me? Please get counseling. When it comes to spouse, remember that the two shall be one. So that hurt is not one that you can just walk away from. It's not one. You see, when your housemate hurts you, you can move house. <laughs> you can just get rid. When even your siblings, one day we all go to have. Yeah. When your spouse betrays you. I'm assuming, I'm assuming that this is a relationship um, betrayer. Because no, nobody can betray you. If he takes your 100 pounds and spends it, it's not betrayer. It's use of family money. <laughs> or you don't get what I'm saying. Will you, will you call that one betrayer? No, no, that one is not betrayer. Yeah, so when, if your spouse, for a major, when they say major betrayer, so it means that the person didn't only go and have sex, so maybe children have come out of it. It's a major. Major means that there are minor betrayers, isn't it? They squeeze somebody, they kiss somebody. Then there's major betrayer. <laughs> oh, 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 they had a baby and you never knew. Yes. <laughs> and when you look at the age of your child and the baby, major, major, major. major. <laughs> and you just heard that they gave the same name. I told you about my uncle who has about 40 or children. Every woman that he has children with, they have same names. And the children are about the same age. So the Eric's in each household, same age. The Nana's in each household, same age. Very powerful. <laughs> At a point, we're all in boarding schools, in different boys' schools, within the same. And, and we all used to go home, travel together. And sometimes you forget, sometimes we'll be in the big bus and it was like, you say, oh, you mention one name, then three people tell <laughs> Yeah. So please, if it's a spousal betrayal, you see, my couples, learn to get counseling. Post-marital counseling, when you're going, there are some things that you can solve at home. You know, he doesn't wash his plate. He don't go and tell anybody about that. Do, do you get it? But there are some, if the person is lazy and you can see that you're getting bankrupt, go and get help. 
Do you understand? If the person is betraying major, go and get help. Yes. Because the hurt will not go. The hurt will not go. Even if he says, forgive me, the hurt will not go. Next question, please. What steps can we take as a couple to rebuild trust and heal after a significant conflict? Why did you see um, CIA and FBI tones like that? Please try and say the thing so that if somebody else is going through the same. Yeah. The first one was what? Major betrayal. And this one is significant conflict. We don't even know whether to perm them or permutate them. Which one is not significant? Yes. What steps can we take as a court to be able to trust and heal after a, yeah, after a significant conflict? Yeah. One of the things when you want to rebuild trust is to become truthful from henceforth, from this day. How do you say it in wedding? From this day forth. Do you understand? So where there has been betrayal, where there has been serious conflict, <laughs> where there has been complicated, where there has been... To rebuild trust, you have to start from wherever that moment and be truthful. And be truthful to the minutest detail. And be open to... Because openness rebuilds trust. Do you understand? Truthfulness rebuilds trust. And it will take time. You see, sometimes when trust has been broken, we are too eager to mend it quickly. If you try and mend it quickly, it will break again. Let's go. How do we navigate the balance between forgiving our partner and ensuring that our own emotional boundaries are respected? Yeah, so you first build your emotional boundaries before you go to navigate the balance between forgiving. Because you must first identify where your emotional boundaries are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you don't know where your emotional boundaries are, how are you going to bring a balance? You have to know where it is so that you know that when you get here, you have reached. Do, do you get it? But before, for you to do that, you have to also assess yourself, are you too emotional? Because if you are too emotional, then the boundaries. <laughs> I mean, if, if the person coughs, they would have crossed the boundary. So you have to first define your boundaries. Do you know that there are some people that when you talk to them a certain way, they don't mind. Do, do you get what I'm saying? There are some people that you can shout at them. They don't mind. There are some people that when you talk to them in a certain way, they'll start crying. And you are confused. I, all I said was shut up. <laughs> yes, you should have said be quiet. Couldn't you have told me to just stop talking? Did you have to say shut up? There are nicer ways you could have used. Do you understand? So then that one is what you, you will use to build the balance. But for you to build the balance, you have to first realize that when I'm shouted at, it affects me. Do you understand? Yeah. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Have you realized that 90% of the questions are about marriages? Those of you who are not married, married, pray, 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 pray. Can forgiveness truly strengthen a marriage? And if so, how can we f- incorporate forgiveness into our relationship? That can forgiveness truly strengthen a marriage? Yes. What makes, in fact, what makes strong marriage, Jace, is the presence of forgiveness. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes. Forgiveness will strengthen every marriage. Every marriage you see that's still standing is because it's, it has a foundation of forgiveness. And forgiveness is there every day. Morning, afternoon, evening. You have a forgiving relationship. Oh, no, no, you've borrowed from tomorrow. <laughs> You borrow from tomorrow. You have tomorrow, you better get your act together because you have used today's own up. Yeah. Every relationship that is standing, not just marriage, every church that is healthy, 
every church that is growing is because there's forgiveness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because the more I forgive Beulah and the more Beulah forgives me, the better the relationship we have. Yeah. And that is why you shouldn't be excited when you are in a relationship where you are caught and say, that's why we will never quarrel. That's why we will never have an issue. That's why you are in trouble. <laughs> your, 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 mar- your relationship is very weak. It's very, very weak. You haven't been battle tested. Hmm. So yes, it does. So you incorporate it into your relationship dynamics right from the start. But always caution. Don't let forgiveness turn into abuse. Please. Some people stay in marriages that they should run, baby, run. But they'll get a pastor, a woman of God, a man of God to say, trust God and stay. At your funeral, they'll be. <laughs> I feel like every now and then I get mad at people in the church. How can I stop? Come and let me pray for you. Come, come. <laughs> Just come. Just come. Let me pray for you. Come, come. Come, let me. <laughs> come. Yeah. The reason why you get mad at people in church every time is because you are mad at yourself. Yes. And you see, a lot of the time you realize that people behave in a certain way depending on what they are going through. Sometimes you get easily irritated. Even husbands and wives, sometimes you're under pressure, whether it's from work, whether it's health, and you can see that it begins to boil over. So the way you are mad at people in the church, there are a number of things. Either you are really walking in sin, either you are really going through, because when people are walking in sin, they become irritated. Fornication, fornication. Don't you have any other topic? No, we don't have any other topic. We have I feel like they have run out of messages because they have been doing their series of don't you have any then you are annoyed and you are irritated. Or you are going through something. That is boiling over. And you get irritated in church. Because when you come to church, people are saying, uh, we're taking over with the sugar guy. Look at them, look at them, look at them. You'll be irritated, you'll be irritated, you'll be irritated. You'll be irritated. Give the Lord a shout. We'll give the Lord a... Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's because of what you are going through. Do you understand? So what you have to do is that you have to first sort yourself out. Sort yourself out. Whether it's sin, whether it's a need, whether it's a challenge, whether it's a struggle, whether it's some pain, whether it's even church hurts that you have brought from some church and you have arrived here. As for church, you get hurt. Because we're a family. There's no family that they don't get hurt. Is that it? I can see it there. I feel like every now and then I get, oh, we've, we've, uh, yes, yeah. You have to stop it by working on yourself, identifying what is making you get mad at people in church. Because it's not even that you are mad at a person, you are mad at people. Maybe they'll come to you. Hello, 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 how are you? Yes, everybody's not some way. Okay, are we done? Let's rise up onto our feet.